Usually, we are asked to believe that our age will dictate the stage of success that we are in. But my friends, today we have a guest speaker who has defined success at different stages of her life. Wouldn't you like to know that? Come, let's have a look. She is the founder of an award-winning marketing agency, Braveda, and she's also a certified marketer. At the age of 24, she landed her dream job. And within three years, she shot up to success and was the general manager of a company. Wow, what is the story? Let's hear from Nina. I am super excited to welcome our guest speaker for today, Miss Nina Christian. Thank you, Ashani, and it's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's completely our pleasure to have you here today, Nina. Let's backtrack to the early 90s. And I see that when you started off with your marketing career, you worked at a certain place that was maybe your first job for three years. And then you felt that you had done a lot and there was nothing that could inspire you enough. So um, what I really wanted to know over here, how does someone come to understand if it's really that you have really done a lot and there's nothing to go ahead with? Or it's just that you started to, you know, uh, become bored of that particular thing and that you were just slowed down. So how can a person firstly understand that difference? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, I think it's great what you're doing. And I love that you're really zeroing in on those early formative stages of the career. So my journey was quite interesting. And to answer your question, how I knew it was time to move on, I think with your first job, you pretty much just take whatever you can get. Well, that was my case at that time. So it was, as you rightly say, it was the early 90s. Australia was coming out of a recession. There weren't a lot of jobs. I'd actually tried for several months to get a job. Um, And so when I was there, I was just happy, very, very eager, very, very keen to grow. I was a hungry learner and a hungry applier right from the get-go. And I also was very observant of other people. So when I saw other people doing things that looked interesting to me, I would be curious as to why I liked it. What about that position or that role uh, was appealing to me? And I would make it my business to go away and educate myself that was going to equip me to be able to expand my skill set in the current role that I was in and bring ideas to the table, initiate things, uh, run them by my boss or manager. And if I got approval to actually implement those right through to completion. Um, I grew a lot within that company to the point where there wasn't really much else I could do um, apart from doing the same things because the vision of that particular company was that there had been an an international takeover by a, a, a very major international conglomerate and they wanted to take the company in a different direction and they also wanted to just very much Uh, put a cap on what 
you know, my marketing department and my group were doing. They just wanted us to continue to do the same thing. And I had really big projects in my heart, really big desires to do things. And I think, um, you know, it, when, it, when I started to put forward ideas and projects and then get told, um, no, we can't do this for reasons, I, I, I found that quite limiting and frustrating. And so I, I sat tight for probably, <laughs> look, probably a good year. Um, I didn't intend to stay there for three years. I would have very happily moved on at two years, but the job market was very, very competitive at the time. And I applied for, I think it must've been hundreds of jobs at that time and couldn't get anything. So pretty much just stayed there as, as long as I could. So that's my answer to um, your question around whether I outgrew it or what was the factors that prompted me to want something more. Interesting. Uh, what I can understand from your uh, three years of journey, the first in marketing stint that you had over there was that you were always proactive. And secondly, you were always alert of, and vigilant and also aware of what your needs are. Like you did not get stagnated once you got the first job. Like mostly we are looking for the first job and we feel like let's just stay over here and let's keep growing. But I think you had that knowledge, that foresight, that what is working for you and what's not working for you. So I think that is a great takeaway from your story. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the things that as a young marketer, you can or like that was in my situation, but a young person in any profession can take on is that at that stage, the, the, the gap between where you are and where you can see yourself is more evident than it is for a lot of people later in their careers. And so if you can identify that, that gap and work out some strategies for how you're going to get there, that then gives you a sense of direction and purpose. Absolutely right. And I think what you're saying right now is exactly what you have been practicing in your career very early on. Because I see that once you realize that this is not working for you anymore, like you were really hungry to grow and to do something that you were really passionate about. So I think you left that job uh, to pursue something else. And I see that you had one really long period of where nothing really happened. You've mentioned something about you applied for like hundreds of jobs and it was a very time-taking process. Yep. So if you would like to take us through that, uh, yep. what exactly would I wanted to know so that our listeners who are listening to us can understand, because I'm sure most of us are in that stage, the period that we are in, in the COVID time. So what was your feeling? What were you going through after every rejection? And how did you come out of it after one year? Okay, so I was so frustrated because like many people I'm like I have so much to give if you could only see and if you could only give me a chance to spread my wings and fly I would do so much for you and for your company and so for someone with that level of appetite ambition and tenacity to be continually told no was very very difficult for me to handle um, obviously, you know, my faith was a very big part of that. And so a, a knowing that I am where I need to be and the right thing will come at the right time and just resting in the process and the journey was something that gave me personal 
I guess, equilibrium during that time, but it was still hard. And in the end, I was so fed up and so frustrated with the place that I was at. I did interview for a job which did not look fabulous. It did not really look like it was going to inspire me, but it looked different and it wasn't the one that I was in. And I did have a knowing inside me that it was not a good step for me. It was not a good position, but I was so desperate to get out and my impatience got the better of me. And I took that job and I had no way of knowing that it wasn't the right one apart from my internal compass, intuition, guide, telling me that this was not the right one. I got into that job, it was 20 times worse than the one I was in. It was horrible. Now, when I say that, they sent me to, um, this is somebody with three years experience and a lot of things to be, you know, filing photos in a filing cabinet, like for hours and hours and hours on end for six hours. I was so frustrated. And to make it worse, uh, it had a really toxic, horrible culture, very, very sexist, very, very demeaning, which you would not get away with today. So my lesson was, you know, not to jump the gun, no matter how bad you feel, uh, because of all those hundreds of jobs that I had been applying for, one of them which looked like it was too good to be true because, you know, sometimes you read those ads and you think they make it out, this can't possibly be true, which I didn't get anyway. One day, a couple of weeks into this new horrible job, I got this random phone call from someone. It's like, oh, my name is such and such. Um, you applied for a job with me back about four months ago and I didn't work out with the first person and I was just in wondering if you'd be interested in coming for an interview. I almost dropped the phone. Um, it was just, you know, so mind blowing. And so I went for the job interview and long story short, I got that job. So I ended up only being in that very, very horrible, toxic environment for a couple of weeks, thankfully. Um, had I waited and this is one of the big 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 lessons that I learned at a young age that I took through my whole life had I exercised the patience and gone with my gut so the marketing department that I was part of previously at the company where I was three years two weeks after I left the entire department was closed down and the team was retrenched which means I would have got after three years of being there I would have got a nice payout I would have had two weeks holiday and then I would have gone into my amazing job. But instead, I jumped the gun. I ended up in a horrible job. I didn't get a payout. I still ended up in a fantastic job, but I learned a really, really significant lesson along the way. Firstly, I really want to acknowledge and appreciate that you took us through that one year of the painful time. I am really happy that you shared because this is something that we, most of us, uh, go through and just by someone telling us and talking about that phase that they have been through, it just makes uh, someone feel a bit more okay because like, okay, everyone else is going through that. It, it, it can't be that bad, you know. Good things are around the corner, but you just need to be persistent and that's what you have showed us in your journey that 
you were still persistent and of course rejections are not uh, easy to deal with as well can i just highlight something that you've said there uh it didn't ever occur to me to leave the job that i was at and do nothing because in any job i think that and this is what i would really want your listeners to take away from unless it's like the one i went into which was completely humiliating derogatory like these people completely used to you know insult me and you know do horrible um do horrible things with like a violation of my you know personal like what is anyone's safety you know emotional yeah. safety but in the other job it was boring in many respects it was frustrating it wasn't challenged but for one year it did not occur to me to just leave to nothing because i feel that there was so much of my character as a person that got developed during that time and how do i just gone like i don't like this it's not challenging me or there's difficult people or whatever which there are in every job lots of politics and all of that but i saw this as an opportunity to grow as a person and as a professional and deal with a lot of these situations that uh, might not be comfortable but you have to go through to grow so while it's, it was not all rainbows and unicorns and exciting looking back what i did gain through that year was a lot of character growth and resilience that then made me the type of person that i could go on and to do the things that i do so that's why i just wanted to quickly highlight that because it was i look back and say a very very formative part of um those career foundations lovely lovely thank you so much for emphasizing that because that really takes out of some of the doubts that people have at the very early age whether they should stay back or they should just quit and start looking for another job or they should still you know start looking for another job and while still working at this toxic place or maybe the place they're not enjoying so i think that provides a very very good perspective of what you can gain out of even while staying you are you're really really taking us through some really important aspects of um, as you just mentioned building a character is so important so from there uh, while you were talking about um, so you came out of that toxic environment and then you got the job your dream job as you mentioned at the age of 24 before we start talking about your dream job and how you excelled in it in just a short period of time but i really wanted to know that you said that earlier you got rejected for this particular job that you really are looking forward to and later you were, you got a call uh, from the owner of the company and yep. then that that just one interview and then you just got it so how did that process take place how did you come in touch with the owner of the company was networking how how did it happen so that no so back then uh you had to wait every saturday for the newspaper to come out and in the newspaper there was a lift out with all the jobs wow and so every saturday morning you would go to the news <laughs> this makes me feel really old now <laughs> <laughs> you go through and you circle all the ones that you're interested in then you sit down and you apply then you write out the letter then you print it out and then on monday you go to the post office and you send it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a really interesting piece of advice because I think what people can translate that into now is that if they they can see uh, opportunities like on LinkedIn, they can save that. It's like you're circling it, they can save it, and then they can start applying it. And a really good um, maybe way of doing that is doing weekly, as you mentioned. That was just because the newspaper used to come weekly, but. It's a good way to start, you know, start weekly, then maybe start doing it two times a week. Um, and so it was really random when I got a call because I remember it was a Saturday afternoon and this guy called me, is this Nina? <laughs> like, who's, called, who's asking? <laughs> and it, I think I was probably almost uh, a bit very, very sceptical, potentially a little bit abrupt at the beginning. Um, but then I asked enough questions and I could see that it was legitimate and you know I was invited to come for an interview which I did and um, yeah look and I was only just just 24 so I think I'd turned 24 a couple of weeks earlier so like seriously and 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 when he interviewed me he's like I can't believe you're 24 I'm like yeah well <laughs> and I and I used to dress up these days you know, we try and dress to, to look younger, but at that age, I did everything possible I could to present older because I think, you know, even for my age, people say anyway, that I, I, I do look fairly young for my age. And so I literally went and cut my hair to make myself look older and wear pearl earrings and very conservative clothes and things like that, just to get past that, you know, facade of looking younger. There's another interesting aspect in your story over here is that you were really mindful of how you present yourself. So a great takeaway from your story here is that you were aware of uh, how you should present yourself to pitch yourself. So for everyone who's listening to us, uh, this is a very important point that when you are going for the job or whatever, maybe meeting or pitch that you want to give, be aware of who your audience is and how you're going to present them, not just your work, but also yourself. So awesome. Now that we're entering the last leg of this interview, and this is maybe the one of the most interesting part. Uh, everything is very interesting. This would be one really interesting bit because you shot up to success in just two years from 24 to 26. And I really want to know that how it was, what happened, what do you mm -hmm. think? If you can do yeah. Okay, so it was actually three years because it was from the beginning of 1998 till the end of uh, 2000. So, like, I just turned 24, so it was the year of 24, the year of 25, and the year of 26 right through till kind of the end of the year. Um, so, how did that happen? So, yeah, it was a, a just it was an amazing opportunity. Um, I was blessed then to come in at the ground level. Uh, the person who hired me. Uh, turned out to be just the most amazing business person who I just have the utmost respect for as a person and as a business person, but also gratitude for not seeing um, the limitation, like not being biased that a lot of people would that, you know, based on my age or gender or background or whatever, whether I could or couldn't do the job. He gave me an opportunity and he gave me a chance and I will be forever grateful for that. And I did him really proud and really well because I showed up and I delivered. So that first year was really interesting. We were working on the Commonwealth Games 
um, and that was in the 1998 Commonwealth Games in Malaysia. So part of my job then actually took me to Malaysia, um, looking after you know their international guest program for the major sponsor, um, which was Siemens, and I was hosting functions, and I had a lot of um, responsibility. And this was literally like three months or four months into this new job. Wow! And. Uh, so based on that, we then started building and expanding the team locally because we were building up towards the Sydney Olympic Games. So he hired me as someone who, so this person had worked on like 18 Olympic Games and relocates to each Olympic city and hires somebody as a, as a kind of a like main person to run the show in that country. So he has all these international uh, contacts and things like that who he looks after for each Olympic Games and my responsibility was pretty much to you know make it happen um, and so then we built slowly together built out the team and that grew and so while we were working on the Commonwealth Games in the first half of that year we were also already working towards the Olympic Games and starting to plan and prepare for the Sydney Olympics and yeah, so, I mean, there was a real exciting, again, growing period for me, having a lot of um, responsibility and a lot of nerve wracking experiences, doing things for the first time. I won't bore you and your listeners with all the details here, but I had some really hairy experiences. Um, but yeah, and then, um, so that was going through 199 so when I was 24 and then 25 and at that at 25 we our team had grown substantially so I started off my official title when I first started was chief coordinator Olympic incentives wow and then because it was just myself and then like we had a couple of people like support um, team in that first year but then the team started to grow and then by the end of um, 99 we had you know a much larger office and a much larger team and that was when um, I officially became general manager and uh, yeah so and then the the year of 2000 was completely just focused on Olympic Games and getting ready for this huge massive event and that was pretty much my life for a year it was very very exciting but as, a, as, as you can imagine, also lots of challenges and growth in there because I was, even though I had a very senior role, I was still young, relatively young. I, I think for most of the time I was the second or third youngest person in the company. So managing people who were uh, much older than me um, was something that I hadn't done before and I hadn't been trained for and I'm just learning on the job and stuffing up along the way and learning so yeah and uh, somehow made it through okay. Wow you know when, when I was actually reading about this like I did not know your story about this field in detail so thank you for sharing that right now it's, it's so interesting. Uh, kudos to you for doing that at, at such an early age and I'm sure um, it, your story doesn't end here <laughs> a great highlight of your uh, uh, entire journey so far that I really wanted to bring forth to my listeners because 
this is where we discuss the foundation as you mentioned and there is much more to Nina's story so for all my listeners i'm going to share the link of her story because she has done a lot of amazing stuff after she uh, you know she i think stepped out and started her own ventures and uh, now she's leading uh, a marketing agency which has also won the best marketing agency in 2018 in australia and it's doing one that's called braveda Uh, just before you leave, Nina, would you like to leave our listeners with a thought, a quote, something that you resonate with? Sure. Look, oh, it's not going to be something super, super deep. I'm going to do it super, super simple, and I'm going to tell you a funny story to drive home the message. Um, it's something that I've experienced and something that I've encouraged many others in, and they've found it helpful. And it's just say yes. Now. I'm not talking about something that doesn't align with what you want to do and getting distracted and things like that. But when an opportunity comes to you that scares you a little bit, but that you think, "Wow, this would be amazing if I could do it," if it fits that criteria, always say yes and figure out the details later. you know it was in my first year in this new role with this olympics organization and the the <clears throat> owner of the company was out of town and overseas i think and we had some really important um visitors so so clients international guests coming the head of the sports marketing of the bay of bay levicals and team came to sydney wow. he was out of the country so these two gentlemen they came and he asked my the owner asked me to host them them for a few days you know take look after them pick, you know pick them up from the hotel take them to the inspect the different venues because we were looking at different corporate hospitality places for the olympics etc so i was really 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 nervous about doing that on my own i was nervous about hosting them in german because it was my second language i'd learned it but you know i was really scared. <laughs> scared i was scared about doing it on my own because i was at the time a 24 year old female and these were two very senior male executives i was scared because i had to look after all the logistics and what about if i do the wrong thing and all the rest so i meet these i i i could not sleep the, the night before i was so scared I put my most professional dress and briefcase on the next day and went to meet them at the Intercontinental Hotel in Sydney just right by the Circular Quay there. Um there was a hire car that had been arranged for us a van a minivan for me to take them all around Sydney and host them. So I met them and we get into the minivan and all the rest and like I don't know like I had never driven like a a a a manual with like stick shifts and things like that. I know manual with the thing at the bottom but not the thing on the side and I couldn't work out how to start this car and I had these two VIPs in the car and I was sweating. I could not even start it and I couldn't reverse it in the end. I just think I'm so sorry. Would you mind like driving the car out for me? <laughs> and I was so like so beside myself nervous but the thing was that i'd said yes anyway and in the midst of the pain the embarrassment the intimidation the feeling of can i do it or not um you know i came through that 
And so the next time was easier. I remember that one so vividly because it was the first one. But had I not said yes, I wouldn't have had that painful experience, but that wouldn't have increased my threshold and tolerance for what opportunities I would put myself out there for. And so that definitely has always been a lesson that I have implemented and practiced myself that I encourage anyone who you know comes into my world when something comes and it just is is fear that would say I can't do it just say yes and figure out how to do it what a wonderful lady with such a wonderful story a story that is real so my friends I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and it instilled a sense of confidence in you that whichever age you are in what is more important is what your skills are and how much you believe in yourself and that you have the ability and the belief in yourself to advocate it to the world see you until next time